It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Good to be back. Good to be talking about some final scores, at least uh, for the uh, opening games that were played on Thursday night around the uh, Blue Water uh, area. About half and half the, the schedule for Thursday and Friday in this uh, week uh, one. And uh, some interesting ball games, but I think pretty much, Brady, at least for me, things went the way I thought they were going to go until we get to eight-man. Well, in the result column, yes, but some of the way some of the teams won surprised me a little bit, and, and in a good way. There were no really bad performances uh but there were some games that like i thought like for example i thought croslex would win they won a little better than i thought they would i thought northern would win they won a little better than i thought they would um your game is going to be a fun one to talk about because i think depending on your perspective and how you want to argue it you could argue that Many different points we'll get to that though but how about the BWAC in the opening week Five and one on Thursday night. That's a good start. Well, we keep telling people this is a good league with a lot of good football teams, and they need to get a little more notice uh, around uh, places because uh, they they can win. Hey, that that's an impressive win by Croslex in week one that we'll talk about. I think North Branch was expected to do what they did. Um, Yale gets a big blowout uh, victory. Richmond wins a crossover game against a Mac school. Elmont wins a crossover game against a Mac school. What more can you ask from these teams? Can't ask a lot. Um, and a team we were asking a lot of was Northern, but we'll get to that after the break. But Dennis, doesn't it feel good to be back? It does feel good to be back. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. 
Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44, DuraClean by Bachelor. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMorrin Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810 810- 987-6400, extension 132. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Well, it's uh, it's like I always say, uh, Brady, Northern wins, but they never blow anybody out. <laughs> they took that one to heart because, yeah, they they blew out Lakeshore and Dennis. I think we were both pretty comfortable that Northern was going to win. I thought, I think I said it was going to be like 18 to 12 and maybe a bit of an ugly game. This is as comfortable and dominant of a win that we've seen from this Northern team since 2019. Yeah, I, I think they did something like this to Sterling Heights last but year. But Sterling Heights hasn't won hasn't a football won in game a long since time, 19 yeah. outside of forfeits. Like, Lakeshore might not 
they're not that bad. They're not helpless. Like I don't I didn't see them tonight, but it sounded like Lakeshore was it wasn't great, but they weren't yeah, they weren't a helpless football team that won't win a game. Well, we'll, we'll see cuz uh Northern went off 44 to 12 is a big week 1 statement here by Port Huron Northern and uh Dylan Bloink uh, leading the way with three rushing touchdowns. That's a good sign. Yes, it is. Uh, he also threw a touchdown pass in the uh, game. And some new names getting on the board uh, for the Huskies with uh, Daniel Moore scoring a touchdown. And Buchanan's such a new player, I'm not even sure I know his first name yet. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't have to mention Hayden Prone. It's yeah. nice when you don't mention a – a known commodity and you do well obviously yeah would you like everyone to be hitting at the same time of course but northern gets a nice solid convincing week one because dennis i think we kind of challenged them and when we were talking on our pre our uh, preview show on wednesday or tuesday whenever we recorded it um and basically said yeah show us you can blow a team out and they went and they kicked the doors off of lakeshore they they did. Uh, this was really nice. It, it again. They they start off. I, I think their their first score was a field goal, so they were yeah. only up three nothing. But then they stretched it to ten nothing. Uh, and then I think Lakeshore got a touchdown to cut it to ten to six. And then after that, it, it seemed like it was all Northern updates all the way until it was thirty something to six. Yeah, I'm when you first got the field goal, you're thinking, okay, it's going to be a Northern game from last year because. This was a, a Lakeshore team that won two games last year, Dennis, and they had to win 7 nothing against them. So even if this Lakeshore team isn't good, that's just personal growth and doing better than your team did last year. So I like this win by the, uh, the Huskies, um, and it's a good start for them. And uh, I believe they've got Fitzgerald next week, a, a game that I'm going to be at at uh, Memorial Stadium. Um, and uh, after 44 points, am I going to be greedy? Am I going to be disappointed if I don't see this kind of production next week against Fitzgerald? And, and, and again, I want to go to the other side of it because Northern's defense is good, and here's another game, Brady Beaton, where they hold an opponent to just two touchdowns. It's like clockwork with them, <laughs> uh, with their defense. And, yeah, you know, it takes a lot of stress off the defense. We'll talk about uh, the game I saw where both teams wanted to stress their defense as much as possible. But, yeah, as a defense, it helps you relax a little when your offense is putting up points. And confidence breeds confidence. So a week one game where you put up 44 and your defense holds them to 12, yeah, you feel good. Now, now I don't want to anoint the Northern offense quite yet because week one last year they put up 35 points and then they struggled to replicate that. Yeah, then How, the next week they, they snuck out an 8-6 win against East right. Point. So we've seen this before. We're not saying Northern's offense is going to be incredible, but this is an encouraging sign that we wanted to see. It is a very good step in the right direction. Do it against... Uh, Fitz next week and which did we have a fit score did you know if they played tonight uh, they did play tonight and the score wasn't reported yet on the site that I was looking at gotcha it doesn't seem like uh, Warren Fitz I know they were playing Mott and yeah I don't if I see one later in the show I will uh, I'll let you know but from what we heard Fitz might be down a bit and it's a good chance for Northern to go to 2-0 and so Dennis 
I'm pleased with the Huskies. They did a really nice job in week one. And I feel like from hearing people from the game, they still have room for improvement. But isn't it nice when you still have room for improvement and you win by 32 points? Yeah, it's it's very nice. All right, Elmont-Marysville is the next game uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, I was at this one, so we'll do the highlights first, and then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of this very interesting game between these two teams. And that's a big break for Marysville. Matt Measle had an interception in the end zone, but it's taken away by the penalty. And it's first and goal Vikings from the eight. Out of the shotgun, LaValle fakes to Sakuchi, keeps it himself. He's got room to the five, to the goal line. He faces some resistance there, but he'll fight over the tackle of the Raider defender and into the end zone for a Viking touchdown. Call it a pickup of one, and it'll be second down and goal. 30 seconds to go until halftime. Again, the Raiders have two timeouts, but right now they seem content not to use either one of them, thinking they might punch it in here, or at least they hope to. And it's Cruz following blockers into the end zone for a Raider touchdown. Cruz under center as he normally is. Quick hitter this time, and it's Furman with Rome. Down the far sideline to the 10, to the 5, and he is into the end zone for a Raider touchdown. 27 yards, Bryce Furman. And, boy, it didn't take Almont long on that drive. And they go up 13-6. Got about eight yards there. First down and goal to go, and we'll call it the one-yard line. So a pickup of nine there for Furman. And they've got four tries to get it in from the one here. All of a sudden, a game that Marysville had a good plan, and it was working, and it has gone away in a hurry. Full house backfield here, and they'll keep it on the ground, and this is Measle, and he is into the end zone for a Raider touchdown. Now check that, but Tenney is into the end zone for a Raider touchdown. 32, not 22 getting his way across the goal line for the latest Elmont score, and they go up 20-6. to six. Vikings still not in a big hurry. They'll send two receivers out wide to the right with Corbett and Laubert that way. Straight drop, LaValle, and he's hit. The ball came out, and what are they rolling it? Touchdown, Elmont. The ball came out, and a Raider defender picked it up inside the five, and walked it into the end zone for a score. So the Raiders end up scoring anyways as Koval gets the third touchdown of the quarter for Elmont with 3.02 to go. Well, this is huge. Marysville absolutely needs to punch this in. And an Elmont stop here might be one nail closer into the coffin. LaValle rolling out, running, looking. Has a man open, throws it into the end zone, and it's caught for a touchdown. They get it to Haddits. A five-yard touchdown catch for Tommy Haddits on fourth and goal from the five, and the Vikings get a much-needed score to make it 28-12. to That'll back them up to the 44 of Marysville and make it first and 15. Cruz is going to spin and hand this one off. And look out. Here's Bittani on the move. Spin move at the 20. And into the end zone 
for a touchdown. Chase Batani takes it 44 yards for the score this time. And the Raiders get it right back and go up 34 to 12. Here on first down from the Raider 45. Drops back, steps up in the pocket, throws on the run, complete. It's caught by Lobert. He's to the 30, cuts back 25, open field 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget about it. Touchdown, Marysville. Peyton Lobert, 45 yards for the score. They may just let LaValle finish this drive here. Murphy and Sicucci in the backfield, but LaValle will go straight ahead, and he's into the end zone for a Viking touchdown with 56 seconds to go. And that'll make it 35-24. to 24. Which would be the uh, final score in this uh, football game. So the first quarter, the Vikings get the first possession of the game. Brady, 14-play drive. They chew up over eight minutes off the clock, but they get stopped on a fourth and three at the eight. Uh, at the Elmont seven-yard line. Uh, and so Elmont's offense didn't touch the ball until there were under four minutes to go in the first quarter. The Vikings get a stop on defense. They had another long drive into the second quarter that looked like it was going to end with nothing. You had Matt Measle picking off a pass in the end zone, but there was a uh, foul on the play. Mary still got a second chance at the eight. LaValle scores a touchdown. So all of a sudden, you're under five minutes to go in the half. Marysville has run 27 plays. Elmont has run eight. And and the score is six to nothing for the Vikings. And you've executed basically your game plan to perfection. To perfection. But I think falling behind did something to Elmont because they were a different football team for the last 442 of the first half and the entire third quarter. In that 16-and-a-half-minute stretch, they were unstoppable. And they did whatever they wanted. Um, And on the drive just before halftime, Elmont, who never throws the ball, threw the ball twice, 20 yards to the tight end, 26 yards to the tight end, Lo and behold, their first and goal at the two with under a minute to go, and uh, Cruz runs it in on a second and goal from the one. They kick the extra point, and 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 Elmont has done nothing in the first half, and they lead 7-6 at the break, and they get the ball first to start the third quarter, and I'm thinking at halftime, boy, is this first possession huge for Marysville. Right. Yeah, yeah, because if you get the stop, you, you feel better about yourself, but... Elmont, it sounds like they they have the weapons. You basically said, yeah, they're they're Marine City West, not just in the way they they uh, run their offense, but you're like they have four different guys who carry the ball, and none of them get the lion's share of the carries, and it's just kind of by committee. And a lot of different guys will touch the ball, and they can all hurt you. Yeah, they've got three guys with breakaway speed, and between the three of them, they got 22 carries tonight. Yeah. but for a ton of yards. So they get the ball at the 35, four plays to go 65 yards to start the third quarter. They get a touchdown to go up 14-6. to six. Vikings turn the ball over, leads to a short field, leads to another Raider touchdown, 22-6. to six. 
Vikings fumble the ball inside their own five. The Raiders pick it up and score 28-6. Just like that, that's your score at the end of three. You had a 7-6 game at halftime, and it's 28-6 12 minutes later at the end of the third quarter. Now, Marysville uh, didn't quit in this game, and they actually outscored the Raiders 18-7 in the fourth quarter, but really the last two touchdowns came late. Um, the last one with under a minute to go. So it kind of made it a little cosmetic. Marysville got the early touchdown in the fourth to make it uh, a, a 28-12 to 12 game. Mm-hmm. And Almont came right back and scored. Right. Put I the, mean, immediately. Put the dagger in them. Uh, give the stats real quick. And then, I, I mean, we'll talk about what this means for both teams because, like I said in the intro, depending on how you want to look at this game, you can kind of confirm your own bias uh, or, or your own thought going into the game. Well, Matt Measle for Elmont, 10 carries, 87 yards. Uh, Chase Batani, 6 carries, 85 yards, two touchdowns in the game. Good average. Bryce Furman had 6 carries for 55 yards and a, uh, a touchdown. Uh, Trenton uh, Cruz, 2 out of 3 for 46 yards, both those passes to uh, Connor uh, Nassavera. Uh, and then he rushed four times, no yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> I love that stat line. <laughs> I love that stat line, uh, too. Now, for Marysville. He had zero yards because he was mean, by the way, if you're curious. Yeah, he had to take a couple of knees at the end of the game, and he had two yards prior to that. Uh, Noah LaValle was 8 out of 10 for 106 yards through two touchdowns uh, in the uh, the game. He did throw a pick that got called back because of uh, a penalty. Uh, he also uh, rushed 16 times for 94 yards and two touchdowns, but there were a couple of fumbles in there, the one that was picked up and uh, returned uh, for a touchdown, and, and there was one before that on kind of a bad exchange. Really, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying either fumble was really Noah's fault without having replay to look at. I mean, right. on one he was hit. And the ball popped out, and the guy was standing right there, and he walked it four yards into the end zone. On the other one, it, it looked like bad communication, like maybe the back didn't go where he was supposed to go, and the ball popped out. So a in, week one mistake in the in the confusion, yeah. But but Elmont again turned that into two touchdowns. So I'm I mean, and and you're not going to do that, and that's kind of where the game got away from Marysville. But I their their plan worked to perfection for most of the first half, but Almont showed you something else that made me think of Marine City. They don't need to have the ball a lot. They don't need there to be a lot of time on the clock. They can get down the field and, and score. Well, and, and like Marine City, you can't make mistakes against them because that that's the big difference. Okay. Uh, now, am I, am I saying Almont's as good as, as Marine City? I'm not going to say that. Uh, they weren't perfect tonight, but I'm going to say uh, for teams that are kind of in the middle and, and you know, you you want to become a good team, you can't turn it over against Almont. They're going to hurt you. And you see the potential in Almont yeah. with what they did. So, all right, anything else on Almont? Because I want to talk about Marysville for a second. I mean, that's that's a nice showing. Uh, who does Almont have next week? Um uh, shame on me for not having this pulled up. Give me one second. Because 
once they get into the BWAC slate, I think their first big one is week four. Yeah. Um, that's when they take – yeah, next week they it might be a bye because that's when they were supposed to play Algonac, and then they come back in week three with MLA City. So probably a week off next week. Yeah, and a 2-0 and start. Yeah, so they'll take the win um, unless they find Unless someone. they can find a game. Okay, so here's what I was talking about with it could confirm what you thought going into the game. Because if you want to be – if you're – a slappy Marysville fan or a hater Marysville fan, you could kind of set your own narrative. If you want to believe the Vikings are a really good team, you go, look, for a half, we were right there with them. We just made a couple of correctable mistakes. And then in the fourth quarter, we got back to what we were doing and we outscored them. And it was just that, like you said, Dennis, that 15 minutes of bad football. If you wanted to be the hater, you go, First half, you played well. You kept the ball out of Almont's hands, but that's the fluke. And then you showed your true colors in that 15-minute stretch. And then at the end of the game, you were playing catch-up and Almont was trading yards for time and things like that, that no, it's not going to show what they are. And I don't know, Dennis, you were the one there. What did you leave feeling? Did you feel Marysville and Almont were better than you thought they were? They they weren't as good? Like, what were your thoughts on just the quality of both these teams? Because it sounds like Noah Lavalley played a good game, but he made two mistakes at basically the worst times to make the mistakes. Yeah, I, uh, I come away thinking that Almont's pretty solid, uh, and I come away thinking that Marysville can be better this year, but they got to stop being their own worst enemy. Right. And going against Hazel Park next week, I think, is a good opportunity to correct. To, yeah, to clean that stuff up and and, and be better with the football. Um, and and even uh, and I don't know Hazel Park won tonight, but you know you 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 don't feel like if you do make a mistake against a Hazel Park, it necessarily has to cost you. Whereas if you're going to do this. Uh, against Marine City and some of the other teams that are on your schedule. Yeah. Lamphere put Port up 60-something points. Port Huron is going to be talented. You're going to struggle against those teams. So they have to hang on to the football. You know where they were good? They didn't take a lot of penalties tonight. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of in mind either. So I guess where I'm getting at is Marysville, from what you're saying, sounds like they have room to improve. And this is why coaches want to play a good week one opponent because – it didn't. They didn't do what they did last year, Dennis. You saw that game last year, and they were lifeless against Northern. Yeah, they, and, and they went, didn't show much. In and week we one. were sitting here a year ago, and you were going, "Oh my God, Northern just dominated and dissected them." Where now we have some positives to work with. It's all about how you respond. All right, let's move on to the game. I was at Richmond and St. Clair. Uh, <laughs> it the first quarter was way different than the other quarters. We have the highlights first. Yeah. So, 14 nothing. Richmond wins. Highlights will be short. Very interesting game, but let's get to the how it happened. 7.55 to go in the first quarter. Third and three from the right hash on the St. Clair seven-yard line. Twins left for Benetti. That's the link behind him. Tight end right. Snap. Looking left. Pump fake. Benetti wants to run. Cuts it up. Tackle. Breaks one defender. Across the goal line. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Richmond. Second and 10 from the Saints, 20 on the left hash. Twins right, one man to the short side, out left of Benetti. 
Out of, the, out of the pistol, Benetti takes the snap, rolling out right, gets the edge, looking across the 20, 15, 10, he has one man to beat to the end zone, gets around him, and just sneaks in the pylon. Touchdown, Richmond. Fourth and three from the 37 of Richmond. Ellis, Logan Ellis in the pistol, running to the right. He wants to keep it himself, trying to bounce to the outside. A host of blue uniforms, and he's knocked down for a loss of five. Richmond's defense stands tall again. Gavin Frick with the big hit in the backfield. Three, two, one. It's official. Richmond 1-0 with a 14-0 win over the St. Clair Saints. Sorry. Did you like that uh, voice crack in the first touchdown call? It's week one. It's week one for everybody. I'm like, great. Yeah, called a game since June. First first touchdown of the year, and it sounds like I'm – going through puberty, and then on the second one, something wants to get caught in my throat as Bonetti is crossing the 10 and the 5, <laughs> and if you listen live, it goes dead silent because I had to turn the mic down because I was coughing up along. So, right. yeah, week one for everyone, and I go, okay. Thought it we'll sounded get, pretty good to me. We'll, we'll get more touchdowns, and we never did. Uh, Richmond scores on their first two drives. Anthony Bonetti scrambles on two passing plays and makes it work with his legs, and he's got some speed. And then the offenses couldn't get anything going. At the end of the second quarter, oh, my God, they were trying to – both teams were handing it to the other side. At one point, it was like a St. Clair fumble turned into a Richmond fumble, turned into a St. Clair pick, and there was a drop pick in there and a couple of balls that found the turf that the offense recovered. And by the end of it, Richmond John Misko basically went, screw it, we're taking a knee – um, but I don't want to get too much into it because I did talk to Sean Misko at, after the game. So we'll talk about him, or we'll have him talk, and then I'll get into the nitty-gritty of the game because I'm not sure what to take away from this game, Dennis. Here with Coach Sean Misko. Coach, it wasn't necessarily the prettiest win, but in week one you beat a rival 14 to nothing. Have to feel good you survived week one. Yeah, no, um, I, thought, uh, I thought we came out of the gate really, really well. Um, the kids... You know, played really, really hard football. Uh, you know, obviously, and I think uh, both teams experienced a little bit, but there was definitely some, uh, you know, some loss of air <laughs> as the game went on. I thought, I thought both teams kind of were sucking wind a little bit there in the second half. But uh, you know, the big thing that we've been preaching all of camp was, you know, discipline and focus and, and finishing, right? And because uh, last year we had a few games get away from us that we couldn't finish, and you know, so I thought the boys did a great, great job, just really, really staying focused on the task at hand and, and executing when they needed to. Oh boy, did your defense finish twice? They or St. Clair got the ball first and ten inside your twenty-five, and six times you stopped them on fourth down. That's got to be a coach's dream. Yeah, no. Um, again, like we've preached a lot, we've done a lot of situational live in practice where you know this is what fourth and two looks like, guys. This is the setting. This is the moment. You know, obviously it's hard to uh, replicate that feeling of. You know, hey, we're on the 10-yard line in the red zone, and we have to have it. Um, but uh, I thought the guys kind of rose to the challenge. Um, our D-line and linebackers, you know, they played really, really fast and low football. And, and our secondary did a really great job not letting any threats over the top. So, Offensively, you had some flashes early, and after the first quarter, it really became a defensive slugfest. Uh, had to like you could you take some positives away, but I'm sure there's a lot of improvements you want to make week one to week two. Yeah, no, um... In the first, the first two drives of the game, uh, our offensive line was really, really firing off the ball really well. 
Um, and then that's kind of after those first couple drives into the second quarters where we started to, to feel a little bit of angst and a little bit of uh, we could see we weren't quite getting the same punch that we were in the first two. Um, you know, so obviously some bright spots. You know, we had some uh, multiple players get some decent runs, some decent carries. Um, you know, Benetti at the helm did a really, really great job maintaining his composure. No, no big mistakes from him, and uh, you know, b- being able to make something out of nothing on two scrambles for touchdowns. So, one of those big runs at the end was Blake Esslink. He went down, had to go off in the stretcher. Seemed to be in good spirits. Hope he's all right. You don't know now because you can never tell right away, but maybe hopefully we see him back in a Blue Devil uniform this year. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Blake, obviously, he's, he's a natural-born leader. Um, he's the, he's the, the foundation of our team, um, does whatever he has to do to help us get the job done. And, uh, you know, we're going to be checking in with him uh, periodically over through the night, I'm sure, and then tomorrow morning to see exactly uh, uh, what the issue is. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed, and uh, hopefully he's, he's going to be able to recover quickly for us. And, and we obviously would wish him the best trying to get him back on the field. Coach, uh, congratulations on the win, and good luck getting ready for next week. I'll, I'll be back here for your BWAC opener against Cross Lux. Awesome. Thank you. All right, before you get into the nuts and bolts, up since S-Link was the last thing you talked about with Coach, what's the update on him? Um, it doesn't seem to be as bad as you think. Um, they had to take him off with the ambulance, but, again, you don't know, but it seems that everything – seemed positive he was in good spirits when he left and from what I've heard it won't be bad I think there's a chance you see him play again because anytime you have to delay the game as long as you did you're worried um his immediate reaction which I understandable uh he hurt his knee on a long run and he like threw his helmet as soon as he got hurt. And I just said, yeah, you give the kid a pass for that one when you have to sit on the ground and they have to take you off. So he's a really good player for Richmond that he will miss time. Um, he's not going to be back next week, and that's a shame because he's plays everywhere for them. But, yeah, hope he gets better soon. You like watching him play. And the shame was his best run of the night is when he got hurt. So I think he broke off a 40-yard run, and then his night ended right there. All right, so Richmond-St. Clair, as I mentioned, Richmond scores the first two possessions, and you're going, oh, Richmond's offense is moving, and St. Clair couldn't do much. And then no one could score again. Dennis, I'm not kidding. When I bet you 75% or more of Richmond's sna- or St. Clair's snaps happened in Richmond territory, and they couldn't score. They had two drives start inside the Richmond 25. Wow. And they they got stopped on fourth down, I believe, six times. Seven if you include a missed field goal. That's tough. Uh, and obviously, you hope as things move along here, that sorts itself out for St. Clair. I mean, the good news is they had chances. The bad news is is they came up empty. Now, part of the reason why is because Peyton Ellis did not have a lot of time to throw. There were some week one mistakes that you can tell that a veteran team wouldn't have made. They're a younger team, and they're going to take their lumps, and they took a few lumps. Now, you know how we always said we said there was going to be a few kids we didn't really talk about beforehand that, we, that made an impact. Here are two names I don't think we said once talking about Richmond. Gavin Frick and Joey Simmons both defensively were making plays. And for St. Clair, Caden Peterson had a uh, 
a, a nice job as well. Did a nice job as well for St. Clair. Uh, so, th- but I'll give St. Clair's defense a lot of credit. They bowed up, and after two drives where kind of Richmond moved down the field with not a lot of resistance, they don't give up a touchdown for three quarters. Dennis, any t- if you would have told James Bishop, hey, you'll give up 14 points against Richmond, he's taking that eight days a week, right? He's probably thinking he's going to win that football game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You play I mean, if you give me that information before we do the picks, yeah. if you say, well, Richmond's only going to score 14 points, yeah. I'm going to look at that and go, well, I think St. Clair's going to probably win the football game then. Yeah. Yeah, it's just you got to get the offense going. Um, now, the question, the million-dollar question before next week, was it St. Clair's offense struggled and they had a new quarterback and a lot of new offensive linemen and they couldn't figure out? Or was it Richmond's defense being disruptive and not letting them settle in and they caused the chaos? That's the million-dollar question moving forward. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, you make a good point there about St. Clair is uh, they are replacing a lot of guys up front on the O-line, uh, and Richardson moved to tight end. I, I'm assuming he yes. played there the whole game. When they were splitting him out wide and moving him around, so he wasn't always on the line to help block. So, yeah, and they really only were able to get him the ball once or twice. Yeah, and, and you don't replace Maddox Moselle, period. Kai you Pennewell. Don't, you don't replace him. Pennewell is another huge body. So, I mean, mean too. The, 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 you, you can't expect – in week one, that the new guys on the line are going to be flawless. No, no, but... And that's tough when you've got a sophomore quarterback. It is, but again, you get two drives inside the 25. One was a snap that went over Benetti's head, and the other was a snap that rolled between the punter's legs, and they, they had opportunities, and they just couldn't get it done. They And I, I'll give James Bishop and his staff credit. They tried different things. They didn't just go, this this looked like it'll work on film. They tried to run. They tried to run between the tackles. Then they tried to run outside. Then they tried to pass it. They tried to pass it deep. They tried to pass it short. And it just wasn't happening for them. And I think part of that is because Richmond's defense is good. Um, they were getting pressure. Peyton Ellis probably only stepped into three throws all night and couldn't hit the deep ball. He had a couple that he was half a step uh, early or late, and if they make that throw in week five, they might connect on there. But week one, the timing wasn't quite quite there. So Richmond gets the win 14-0. I know Coach uh, Misko is... That says he has a lot he wants to improve on, obviously. Um, you score 14 points in the first quarter. You got to get more than that. But when you, like we said earlier, when you have stuff to improve on, but you still get the win, you feel good about yourself. Yeah, and I'm going to let them enjoy their win, but I'm going to give them this warning. Uh, again, the turnover thing, we talked about it. It was a problem early last season. Um, if you turn the ball over against Crosslex next week and you give the Pioneers the ball inside your 50 that many times, Guess what? You're gonna get smoked. Yeah, and I and I think and I think they know that. One other Mac score, Dennis. If, if we talked about the whole Mac red, they had themselves a hell of a. I think they went five and one. Beat uh, one. They had someone beat Catholic Central. They had someone beat Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Yeah, 
Mac Red's good. Anchor Bay's a part of that. They beat Ann Arbor Pioneer 42-7. to All right, we'll uh, take a break. There's still lots more to talk about, including uh, a big win, uh, three big wins for three more teams uh, in the, uh, the BWAC, and uh, we'll get on that in just a moment here on the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, Eye Comfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. 
We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. The uh, first uh, football uh, show of the uh, the season where we're recapping uh, scores. And uh, Brady's over there looking over some stats. Yeah, you know, it's always it's the way it works, Mur- Murphy's Law. I get the email for the Richmond-St. Clair stats right after we went to break. So real quick, before we go to the rest of the BWAC, um, a few stats. Neither side threw it very well. Uh, Peyton Ellis went 7 for 18 for 65 yards and a pick. And Richmond went, uh, oh, sorry, Benetti went 4 for 11, 61 yards. Uh, he, had, he obviously had the two rushing touchdowns. Richmond ran it 33 times for 158 yards. Now well, that's playing smash route. That That's football in the BWAC. Yeah. Yes, it is. But you want to talk about some dudes in the BWAC? Cross Lex. We, what, what, what a win this is. 34-7. to seven. Dennis, I think I said in the picks that I didn't want to say it was a prove-it game, but this is a game last year when they played Williamston. Now, nine weeks from now, hindsight might look differently on this take, but they played Williamston, and they lost convincingly at home, and that kind of dampened this Cross-Lex hype a little. This year, I think the, the, the they learned from last year, and they're like, okay, let's go and earn it. And boy, ever did they earn it. I think it was 7-6 Swan Valley. and then Cross It was 7 nothing Swan Valley. They scored first. And then they give up 34 straight points. What? Like, yeah, and then you see the stats. Gavin Espinoza rushed for a touchdown, passed for a touchdown, and had a pick six. Now, Coach LeGros sent me the film. He made a nice play. He caught it, and he's really fast. I don't know where that quarterback was throwing the ball. He was throwing it to Kevin Espinoza, but he still made the play. I saw two guys drop interceptions tonight and went the distance. Belly Grappi went over 200 yards rushing on, on, uh, they estimated the low 20s in the carry count. Dennis, it's everything you wanted to see from a Croslex team. I just, I don't want to, I didn't see 34 to 7. No. But I just had a feeling about the Pioneers in week one, and I just had a feeling about Gavin Espinoza. Uh, I obviously, I thought he was going to be all right back there uh, and do a good job for this football team. This is, again, this is a Swan Valley team that regularly has winning seasons and that regularly makes playoffs and plays in a pretty tough league. Yeah. This is generally a good football team, and Croslex went to their place and spanked them. Yeah. It's everything we wanted them to do to Williamston this time last year. And I think they kind of were taking it personally. Dennis, we talked to how many kids up at Cross Lex, and they all said, we want another shot at that regional title. 
And this was step one. This is a game that I said, if you want to go where you think you can go and be one of the final eight or four or albeit even two teams left in the state, you win this game. And they went and they won it convincingly. And they got off to a little bit of a slow start. But Dennis, once they get going, it's going to be almost impossible to slow down Crosslex. Yeah, I uh, uh, again, uh, and Belly Grappi is Belly Grappi. 200, he's not the first name you think of, and he should be. And 200 yards, and how about that defense? They only give up, they give up the first score of the game and then nothing. Yeah. And they score. Yeah, and they get a score. It's, it's just ridiculous with Croslex. Uh, we'll, we'll have the game against Richmond, and yeah, you know they're coming into BWAC play, and they don't want to uh, do anything but get another BWAC title, and it starts against Richmond. Yeah, it's it's pick your poison, Dennis. Do you load the box and try to stop Belly Grappi, and then you let Gavin Espinosa have room to work, or do you drop back and take away the pass, and next thing you know, Belly Grappi has one-on-ones all day. This is a statement win. I think this is a win that a lot of people across the state will kind of go, ooh, I might have, like we said, we might have thought Cross-X was going to win. I didn't think they'd beat up a Swan Valley team, although knowing how people treat the Blue Water area and the BWAC, they'll go, oh, Swan Valley's down this year. Yeah, yeah, more than, more than likely, Un- unfortunately. Um, all right, yeah, anything else on Cross-X? I'm, they did everything we wanted and more. I mean, that, they did this with a bad first quarter. Yeah, uh, and they go to Richmond uh, next week. And uh, so two, two one and 1-0 teams, somebody's going to come out with their first loss. I don't want to rain on Richmond's parade. I want them to enjoy their Let win. Let them have the 24. On Monday's show, we can talk about it because <laughs> they, they had a hard-fought win, but they have a hell of a challenge in front of them. Speaking of having a hell of a night, how about the Yale Bulldogs? Another team we asked to go out and dominate. And they did. Yeah, one six over Annapolis. Yeah, they beat Annapolis last year, and they they beat them all right. It was, it was like twenty eight to eight or yeah. something like that. So I mean, it, it wasn't like it was a close game, but uh, they upped the ante a little bit this time around and uh, and went it forty one to uh, to six, uh, and uh, a good night for uh, Jakubiak, Connor Jakubiak, two uh, passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown to lead the Bulldog offense. What you want out of a third year starter? Uh, you love to see it. And then defensively, Josh Craig, two interceptions, and he took one to the house. Always a good – there are a lot of guys that won't get two interceptions in a career, and you get two on the same night, yeah. And one of them is a touchdown. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you're feeling good about it. Uh, Coach Grunman did not have his stats uh, completed, but he said James Barr ran really well, and he wanted to make sure that he got a little bit of love because – he said he played really well, and just his uh, defense as the whole. Caden Proctor had a, had a good game. He had a fumble recovery, and yeah, I put out there. I wanted to see Yale not just beat Annapolis, but kind of send them home packing and make them feel bad for making that long trip. And they did exactly what I asked them to. Can't do anything but uh, give a little love to the Yale Bulldogs because, well, twenty-four hour rule. Our mate is on the clock for them, and I bet you there's going to be a lot of Bulldogs in uh, at East China Stadium to, Well, today when you're listening to this. Yeah, uh, and you, you're those Annapolis kids. 
and you get off that bus at Yale Park, I wonder what you're thinking. And then when you get on the bus after losing 41-6 to at Yale Park, I wonder what you're thinking. Uh, that's a long drive back to Dearborn. Yeah, they're probably – because which way would they come in? Would they be coming in from the... There's the, no good way to come in. I mean, if they're coming in from the south, the west, or the east, they're going, where the hell are we going? And then they're going to pull in and go, oh, there's the school. And then, nope, turn north, and there's Yale Park, and they're probably just saying, what the hell is this? And they found out what the hell because, yeah. I, I'm glad to see Yale get that first win in a game that shocked absolutely nobody north branch not only wins but dominates 56 nothing over thurston yeah this is kind of what i expect this is kind of what they did to thurston too last year to be quite honest about it they, they smoked them uh and uh, there there was no way redford thurston was going to to north branch and i think and they went to thurston. did they go to thursday i thought thurston. they went there last year too why would they go there two years in a row I anyways thursday came up doesn't they, matter they, they've they blown them, it on the moon they've blown them out 90 something to nothing the last two years they actually did better this year it was 42 nothing uh last year so yeah 98 to nothing yeah thanks for coming redford thurston yeah and a good start for uh north branch again this season a very good start for North Branch I wish we had more to talk about because that's an impressive win but I mean yeah are you surprised no I'm not surprised at all and that's right about what I thought the score might be too yeah North Branch by the way next week uh at MLA City so another game where they'll be favored and facing they'll face MLA City who well they lost to Hazel Park 26 nothing trying to establish a new identity, replacing some quality players. Again, me and you both came away with our interview with Dave Brown impressed, but you got to start with a foundation. They're building that right now. They lose 26 nothing to MLA City. Brady Vanderplog, I believe is how you pronounce that. Uh, he had nine tackles and two TFLs. Latham Perry, six tackles and two TFLs. They're trying to figure it out, but the BWAC's going to be a tough place to figure that out yeah the, the, it's a tough job for coach brown in year one don't judge him on the wins and losses judge him on how his team improves during the course of the the season and and if they're getting better each week and there's going to be some tough weeks in, in the league as we know Croslex is going to be tough. We know North Branch is going to be tough. We know Elmont is going to be tough. And they're not going to have a reprieve because yeah. the one game that would have maybe been a reprieve won't happen. Yeah, you're not going to play uh, Algonac. Um, and Yale is much improved. Richmond coming off a win, a shutout win th this week. So it, it's not going to be easy in the BWAC. MLA City's going to work on just playing good football, and getting kids at that school interested in playing football again yeah. so that they can get the numbers up. And th this is a true rebuild for the Spartans. It, it is. And, you know, I we really like him, and we really hope he gets it going because Emily City, Dennis, you've been around when they've been good. There's a buzz when they're oh, good. Yeah. And, sure, let's make the BWAC tougher with another good team that's it for the BWAC but how about it five and one we talked about it in the intro that's a really good week and 
it would be a great week if they went to 6-1, and one, but I think there's a few people down the river that are going to just take exception to that. And uh, the, the five teams that won scored, what, 165 points, something like that? 164 that, points. Math, 35 plus 14 plus 34 plus 41 plus 56, whatever that adds up to. Yeah, that adds up and to they, 131. That adds up to 166. And Almont actually had the worst defensive performance with 24 points. 180 if you throw in Richmond. So the, the, the winning teams scored 180 and uh, gave up uh, 31 and 37, 180 to 37. And 24 of that was Marysville. Yep. Yeah, that's a pretty good week for the BWAC. <laughs> uh, let's go. We have a couple GTC or one GTC score, right? No, there's two. There's two. two there. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, all yeah, playing yeah. crossovers. Though. Yeah, you're right. Marlette, 44, Caro, 6. Woohoo! I know you love that. So either that's hey, my Red Raiders beating up on them Tigers, <laughs> them toothless Tigers from Cairo. The Cairo, yeah, supposed to be. In case you didn't know, Cairo was supposed to be named Cairo, and they misspelled it and they stuck with it. And Dennis started in in Cairo, and he Our was, first radio job, and I almost quit the first day. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> No. Okay, I was about to say, that's a story I want to hear <laughs> off the air. Um, anyway, so either maybe Marlette brought a little more back or maybe Carol's really down. Either way, that's a very solid win. I, I don't care a little of both. Playing. I don't care who you're playing. To win 44-6 to when you're a D8 team is impressive. 47-6 to was the score, but the Sandusky football team was on the wrong side of it. 47-6, Laker beat them. We think Lakers pretty good this year. Yeah, and I always say it's unfair for Sandusky to have to play Elkton, Pigeon, and Bayport. <laughs> the three metropolises in the thumb. <laughs> I think Bayport's the big city. With like 400 people. Pigeon but... is not very big at all. There's a good bar there, though. Um, and uh, and Elkton, the hitching, poach, hit, the hitching post in Elkton, you got to go there. All and right. order the dough balls. So Laker gets the win over Sandusky. And two results that maybe these were the ones you said surprised you the most. Yeah, this is eight-man football. And it's just, let's folks, when you move from 11 to eight-man, there's got to be an adjustment period, or maybe I'm wrong. No adjustment period for Brown City. Holy smokes. The, Peck is... A good eight-man football team. Listen to the score. 64-12, to Brown City, in their first ever eight-man football game, stomps on Peck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? Uh, Kyle Affer and Clint Ford, you ready for what they combined for? On 24 carries, 256 yards, Six touchdowns. So between the two of them, they are averaging 10 yards a pop. A little more room to work at eight-man football. Uh, I mean, I read that score, and I thought, what, was Brown City still playing with 11? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, hello. Um, by the way, those stats courtesy of our good friend Mike Gallagher. But this is what he talked about and why he advocates, and we advocate for eight-man football. Brown City's a team. Could they field an 11-man team? Probably. Borderline. Some years they'd have a solid, some years they wouldn't. But, okay, instead of playing an eight-man team week one, you have to find a crossover. So let's say you get the crossover with Laker. 
and you lose that game 60 to nothing and a kid gets hurt and you're playing with 13 guys and it's just not not going great you go to eight man now they will take their lumps because they have to play teams from the bottom of the mitten the left side of the mitten the top of the mitten yeah they're going all over the place but they will take their lumps at some point but you have to feel that the feeling in brown city right now has to be one of happiness of joy uh, of excitement for ooh maybe we can do something in eight man that they hadn't had before, and they got to do it against an old rival in Peck. I, I just feel like uh, all, all the, the the people up in Brown City are going, eight man, what are you talking about? We don't want to play eight man. Are, are now uh, snuggled up to the uh, bar right now going, man, we should have done this sooner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not – no, eight man's not for everyone. I'm not saying if you can have an 11-man program like Ubley or Harbor Beach, they're the same size as Decker – or as uh, – Brown City, and they they make it work. But yeah, it's good to see Brown City have success. I wish it wasn't at the expense of Peck, but Peck's a smaller school, and that I would have expected to score three years into Brown City having eight man, not their first game. Yeah, their very first game. K Pack doesn't have a whole lot of experience with uh, eight man either. They played a game or two last year. Maybe it was in twenty. They played um, the last couple years, they and played. um. The tonight uh, or last night or whatever, whatever night this game was played. Thursday night. You're listening. K-Pac beats Kindy North Huron 20-8 to to open the season. And again, North Huron has been a dominant force in the NCTL stripes for the last five, six years. It's been the thorn in Peck side. Um, and, and I was a little nervous about K-Pac because they're, they're in the stars. They're going to play some good teams this year. I think this is a really good start for them. All right, put the truth cap on. If this game was on the picks, we'd have both lost a game. Yes. Oh, I think I would have lost the Brown City game too. I think I would have said, you know, Peck's been doing this for a while, and they've been good at it. They have a state championship, and I think it'll take Brown City a little bit to get going. I would have lost that game too. Yeah, so love to see it for K-Pack. And again, this is – why they made the jump. Dennis, they were struggling to field a team last year. So instead of having to play Cass City in a crossover like they would have if they stayed in the East, they go down and they get a win over a good Kindy North Huron team. It's got to be a great feeling for those kids. And now you're feeling, hey, we can compete. We can try to take all these steps that, while possibly attainable at 11-man, are much more realistic in eight-man. And, again, that first taste of success, anytime you do something new, whether you're a coach trying to institute a new culture, whether you're moving to eight-man, whether you're changing conferences, changing traditions, whatever, winning cures all, and these are two nice wins for some of the newest eight-man teams. Yeah. Uh, This game was supposed to be played on Friday, but uh, Flint International has already forfeited their contest with Carsonville Port Sandlack. So the Tigers open 1-0. Hey, congratulations to them. So as you mentioned earlier, we have a lot of games Friday. We're not going to go super in-depth with them, but we're going to touch on them again because depending on when you listen, the games may or may not have already happened. Hopefully you wake up Friday morning and you're listening to us having your cup of coffee, but this is what to expect the rest of the weekend. 
Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go to TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Company in St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball. Call 810-987-2185. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. 
Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make How many listeners did you have Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's I Award winner, plus 2022 Dealer of the Year. Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area. For over 100 years. We have the technology. Hello, this is Tim Hi. Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition has started in 1925 with Grandpa wow. Sheridan. I was going to say, I imagine trust, between junior football and having to the 86 and 90 of your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated. Really? Sheridan is a proud supporter how many of all activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Kaza. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Maybe they do this, Basil. Your schools, your sports. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and uh, there is some football that's going to be played here on uh, Friday, and we'll start at the Big House, Brady. That's where the Port here in High Big Reds go up against Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Uh, We've talked about this earlier in the week, what Catholic Central is. Bunch of cheaters. I mean, uh, a really good football program that's won 37 games in a row. And, th- hey, it's the time of uh, the, uh, the day where we get a little punchy. And, uh, <laughs> and three uh, straight state uh, titles. Well, they do. Come on. You know they're poaching kids left and right out of the Grand Rapids area and around. Allegedly. And that's what they And that's what they do. And that's why they win the way they win. They have a glutton of talent all within a few miles of that high school. Oh, I'm sure they do. And I'm sure all those kids wake up in their cribs and go, when I'm older and play good football, I'm going to Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Right, Mom and Dad? (laughs) Anyway, Portion on High is going to get a chance against a state power. I think their offense will score. We talked about this. I just, Dennis, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Grand Rapids Catholic Central, and they might score three or four touchdowns, but you saw the way they, what they did to Marine City. Marine City kept it bottled up, but once the floodgates got going, even Marine City couldn't slow it down. Yeah, the the, the thing is, with, with that Marine City game, that game was st- Still close late in the third quarter. The big play, I think, happened with like 40 seconds left in the third where the Notre Dame commit, I can't think of his name. He's gone now, but he hit the big play. And then the fourth quarter just unraveled because Marine City was in desperation mode. Yeah, because, uh, again, when you you get behind against a good team, good teams put the throttle down. Who cares if you lose 17-7 or 31-7? So, but with with PH, uh, I do agree. I They've got some some skilled guys. They always do. They're, they're certainly talent. There is going to be some question on the defensive side, and they tried to prepare for this game. Um, they scrimmaged Frazier. Roseville. Who's very similar in, in terms of uh, they've got uh, talent, they've got size, they've got speed. Uh, they run kind of a, a similar style of, of offense. Um, and so... That By the way, Roseville, 
46 to 7 over Crestwood. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're good. They're they're good and and so that's a good scrimmage I think. That's a good team to try to prepare against and have an idea uh of what you're going to uh face when you get uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Yeah. Um again, it's a show up see where you are game. If they win, they're a lot further along than they thought they were. Yes. But it's going to be a tall task, and this would be, Dennis, one of the bigger upsets and maybe one of the biggest wins in program history. I, I think it would be get, the biggest win in program At least history. regular season win. Certainly. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tough, but I applaud them for doing it. And, again, it's going to be cool for the kids going to the big house. The other thing about this, picture this, Brady. You win this game. Now you're looking at well, if we have to face De La Salle in the playoffs, it it knocks off that stigma a little it's, bit. It's a little less Although, scary, or at least at least you feel like you don't have to be afraid. And sometimes that makes you dangerous. Talk about that mental block. I mean, you see, yeah, I think there might be one there with those two teams, but or those two schools. But again, De La Salle is just that damn good too. Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, I, nobody said it was going to be easy. Talking about the mental block, um, I, I talked, you'll hear this on the pregame interview, we talk about it with, uh, you know, Marine City, and sometimes you have it with St. Clair and Marysville in different classes or different ways, but it's funny, Armada, they really don't care who Marine City is, and it makes sense. Kyle Raleigh's not from this area. He does like he respects them. He does. He's not gonna think, oh, I don't care. They're overrated. No, 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 no. That's not his attitude at all. But he's like, not scheduling Marine City to say I scheduled them. I'm scheduling them to get a win to try and go in there and prove ourselves. Which yeah, is, well, I, I love that for a program trying to go from bottom of the BWAC to you know a team that will be in the top few year in and year out. Well, yeah, uh, you you've got nothing to lose because if you don't win the game, everybody says, "Well, you were playing at Marine City; you weren't supposed to win the game, right?" But if you win the game, all of a sudden, everybody's going, "Oh, wait a minute, Armada." Okay, let's write them down. We need to see some of their games this year, right? Um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, and I, I'll have to—I should have done this before the show, but we were cutting up highlights and stuff. But, Dennis, in the last 10 years or so, how much success has Marine City had against BWAC opponents? Because think about it. Who had they lost to in the playoffs? Richmond. Almont. Algonac got them what? They split their four-year series with them. Marine City has, if there has been a weak point, has struggled. They haven't played a BWAC opponent since uh, 2019 when they lost to Almont. But the year before, I mean, I'm just trying to look through real quick. They beat Algonac in 17 and beat Richmond in the playoffs, so that's 2-1. and one. Lost to Algonac in the opener, that's 2-2. Two and two. Lost to Algonac in the opener in 15, that's 2-3. and three. Lost to Almont in the playoffs in 15, that's 2-4. and four. Beat Algonac in the opener of 14, 
That's uh, three and four and lost to Almont in the districts. That's three and five, and they beat Richmond twice in thirteen. So five and five, and if you want to count twenty twelve, they lost to Richmond twice. So they're five and seven in the last ten years against BWAC opponents. I know that was enthralling radio, me counting, <laughs> me counting the BWAC, but it's late at night and I wanted to know. No, but you're making you're you're, you're making. Making a point that Marine City has struggled with BWAC teams, which how many? And most BWAC teams kind of play that pound and ground kind of game. And the other thing is, is the BWAC teams don't have that allure of oh crap, we're playing Marine City because they don't have to play them every right. Year. And how many different stats can I bring up and say Marine City football in the last ten years, and the stat has a losing record? Well, there are unless you're talking about Marine City and New Haven, there are no losing records. <laughs> For those out there, Marine City's never beaten New Haven in their history. They've only played is, them like two or three times. They're oh three and one. Yeah. It's just the whole funniest stat ever to me. <laughs> um, but just just the food for thought. So it's not like Marine City's terrible, but they haven't been dominant against BWAC opponents. Rich, I mean, those Richmond teams were really good. Those Algonac teams were really good. Yeah, you're, those you're, you're talking teams. about uh, during that stretch. I think Algonac went thirty-one and six. Yeah, and they went to the semifinals one year. Yeah, and the regional finals the other two. Uh, Almont went to a state final in nineteen when they lost to them. I think they lost uh, another year. They lost to them. They went to the regional final or the semifinals. So they're not losing the pushover. Uh, BWAC teams. Those Richmond teams, I think, won district titles or lost in. They they obviously made runs in the playoffs. But, hey, again, I'm not saying Armada's going to go in and win, but I'm going to applaud all the coaches. I'm going to applaud everyone in the BWAC, MAC, challenge, whatever you want to call it, for not scheduling the cupcakes week one and testing your team. Port here on high included, but they've been doing that for forever. So, you know, you know what's going to happen. All right, there are some other games going on on uh, Friday. Memphis will be at home against uh, Burton Bentley. This is kind of a traditional game for Memphis. They've been opening with Bentley, and, and it's kind of gone back and forth. I think Bentley won a close game last year, uh, and a, a couple of years ago I think Memphis uh, beat them in a close game. So generally the games are close and competitive. Yeah, and the GTC East is going to be tough. Yeah, the the Play others well tonight. Yeah, the others are crossovers. Harbor Beach at USA. USA is kind of down. Yeah, this would have excited me a couple of years ago, but I the, this feels like a beach win. Ubley at Bad Axe is uh, an interesting game. Bad Axe was pretty good last year, but Ubley is good every year. Yep, and a lot of people outside of our area are loving Ubley here I mean, they're, you're before seeing, we num- snap the football. They're, they're number one in in rankings. And usually when the rankings, a lot of people just go, okay, who's the state champion? They're number one because it's the easy thing to do and you don't know a lot. When you put a team that lost in the semifinals at number one, that tells me that people are noticing and they're going, oh, crap, there's a lot back. So... Uh, Evan Prusky's back same, for a third year. Same rule with Ubley that I have Marine City. I'm picking them until they lose. Yes, absolutely. And again, and I know we, we've said it maybe on the last couple of shows, but Prusky in his first two years, 
State final runner-up, semifinalist. Not a bad resume for a junior. Yeah. Cassidy at uh, Reese, which last year would have been a league game for Cassidy. Yeah. This year it's a crossover game. Yeah, so we can we can put Cassidy in the, well, they're in a league we talk about, so, yeah, come on. You can, you can join. We'll talk about you a little bit, so we'll find out what they are against Reese. Cardinal Mooney opens against Parkway uh, Christian. They're kind of hoping this is going to be a Saturday game, but they're going to play it uh, on uh, Friday, so we lose a game in week one. <laughs> I know. But kind of the last of my um, – Challenge games where I went, go out there and dominate. And, you know, why not make it a quick, clean sweep for the week? You know, and, and Mooney won this game by four touchdowns last year. And and they didn't have Trent Rice. So they basically go in with the same team this year against Parkway Christian. Uh, the only difference is instead of playing at Parkway uh, and not playing at East China either, they're going to be playing this one in Roseville. Yep. So neutral site game, and I hope uh, I hope the Cardinals uh, prove us right. And I hope when we come in on Monday, we're going. How about Mooney? Yeah, I, I am excited about Mooney. I think they're going to be a fun team. Uh, in eight man football, a Deckerville plays at uh, Ashley, and New Haven Merritt travels to Burton Atherton. Um, I don't know mu- anything at all about Merritt this year, what the Mustangs are going to bring. Atherton is generally a weaker team out of the stars. Uh, and, uh, of course, I think Deckerville is going to open probably with a lopsided win. Sounds good. We'll talk about all those games Monday. And, yeah, next week will be our last week of Monday, Tuesday, or Monday, Wednesday, or yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Good Lord, it's getting too late. And then week three is when we will switch to Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday because that's when 95% of the games will be played on Friday night. So we'll be recording this Friday night instead of Thursday night. First two weeks, eh, you just have to kind of make it work. Yeah. Y'all done? I'm all done. I'm ready to to get some rest because we have some big games tomorrow. All right. Uh, and just a reminder, Brady's got that Armada Marine City uh, game. Uh, the kickoff is at 7, so he'll be on with the pregame around 6.30-ish. And look for me uh, at around 3.10 this afternoon for Port Huron High and uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central 3.30 kickoff at the Big House. I might be on about 625 because both coaches were good interviews. They kept talking, so I have to fit them all in. So, yeah, maybe a little earlier. About the, They kept talking, or you just kept asking question after question after question? A little column A, a little column B. <laughs> they were giving good answers. They're both, I, both, I like them both, so they're easy to talk to. Okay. You done? I'm done. All right. <laughs> From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.